Hello, welcome to another episode of This Is Mappa, a Cyprus football podcast, a Cypriot football podcast. I'm your host, Stel. Now, as you can see, I don't have my co-host with me tonight. Roy is unavailable. Kiri's unavailable. We usually record these shows during the day, but unfortunately, work commitments means that neither of us could come up with a solution. So I've decided instead of waiting a week to do a double episode, I'll do one on my own. I don't think the boys will mind. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. Now, boys and girls, the, the Brodathlima this season has been so unpredictable. A lot happens in Cyprus on and off the field. And every episode, there's always a story, always shenanigans going on. And this weekend just gone, again, you see a few things here and there, but I'm going to start with the Limassol derby between Apollon and Aris. Apollon were top of the table at the time, playing against a very, very resolute Aris team. Now, just to give you guys a bit of background going into this one, the game actually didn't almost didn't go ahead. Almost didn't go ahead. And the reason being is that the GSO, who own the um, the city or the stadium, they had difficulty finding someone to ensure the stadium for the game. Now, as you guys are probably aware, most stadiums, in fact, all stadiums across the world, they need to be fit and proper for games. And for financial and for legal purposes, they all need to be insured. Well, the Tsirio is an old stadium to the point where, you know, a new stadium is being built in Limassol for the three teams in the city. And I'm guessing it's going to be ready by February, March. I don't think anyone will be playing in it, but it'll be ready for next season. So the Tsirio is crumbling. And the athletic committee that owned the stadium couldn't find an insurer. They couldn't find anyone to say, yep, yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll put our name to this. But fortunately, they did the day before the game, and it went ahead. And much to some people's surprise, and I say some people because not many people gave Addis a, a hope in hell when they got promoted, but they spent well. They brought in some fantastic players, Stepinski being one of them from Hellas Verona, who scored five goals this season. There was Bambika, another signing for them in the summer, who stole the show. And in all fairness, when you watch the game as a whole, Abolon were out of ideas. And they just couldn't cope with Pake on, on that left-hand side. And here's the, the highlights of the game. Once I get it available here, for crying out loud, still wake up. Here we go, as I said, Pake was causing them all sorts of problems down their left-hand side, down uh, Apollon's right-hand side. They haven't seemed to find, or should I say, found a solution to their right-back problem. I know Mavrias has come in from Ammonia, but he hasn't had many opportunities but Bambika gave Aris the lead in the 19th minute. Again, Pake causing them all sorts of problems down that left-hand side. And the the marking, the defending, everything about it was absolutely terrible. I, it's, it seems to be a running theme with the Brodathlima um, in terms of the standard of defending. Some of it is good. Most of it is shit. And as you can see from that goal, you're letting the man get in the cross in the, in the box. The marking was absolutely terrible. The man that was marking Bambiga had his back turned. That just says it all, really. 
Um, Stor had a great chance to level it. Spoljaritsen had a shot which um, which was well saved by the goalkeeper. Stepinski then had a great chance to grab his sixth goal of the season. Again, the ball into the box, sublime, um, but he just couldn't get a proper connection to it. It was a good save from the goalkeeper. The closest Abolon came to a goal uh, was obviously Stor's chance from the first half, but Dabo hit a shot which hit the post. The 34-year-old scored four goals this season and apparently he's going to be offered a contract, but the second goal, 53rd minute, again, Bambiga, unmarked, easy finish. Okay, he did take a little bit of a bobble on the way in, uh, but that was it. That was it for Aris, a big, big victory for them. And while Abolon had a few chances at the end, there were more half chances than anything. And Zornica will be very disappointed. I think he'll be disappointed with the manner in which they lost because both goals could have been avoided if the defenders were doing their job and just and just looking at the man. Don't look at the ball, follow the man. And they refused to do that. And that's it, game over, really. Like I said, Abolon had a couple of half chances, but, you know, it's, it's been a great season for Aris. And uh, Vanna Alves, the goalkeeper, he's kept seven clean sheets in the last 13 games. He's gone 270 minutes without conceding a goal. That's an absolutely fantastic record for a goalkeeper who has come up. In fact, I think he joined in the summer, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double-check that. But this is this is a good team, Aris. They're, they're causing a lot of problems, and their fans were, were singing about winning the title. Now, will they win the title? I don't think they will. Um, when Stepinski isn't firing on all cylinders, granted, they need other players to score goals. And as we saw, you know, um, Ambiga scored twice for them. But can they go on to win the Prodathlima? I don't think they can. I think there are two, maybe three teams better than them that can go on to win it, especially when it comes to the playoffs. But don't get me wrong. If they get to the playoffs, they've got as good a chance to win it than anyone else. They've had an outstanding season so far. And I'm sure that they will continue to, to play this wonderful style of football that they are. They're very dangerous, especially on the counter-attack. They've got a lot of pace out wide, as we saw with Paquet and Bambika. And I mentioned Stepinski. I don't think he's going to have a future at Elas Verona. I spoke to the guys at um, the Italian Football Podcast. In fact, I asked him a question on their last show. And they, they're adamant that he won't be um, at Elas Verona next season, which is a shame for him. That being said, if the club can get £2 million or £1.5 million for him, anyone who signs him will be very, very pleased to have him in their team. Now, Abolon's loss was Ajax's game. Ajax Lannaga went into their game against Omonia, knowing that a draw would take them top of the league on goal difference. Going into this game, their, pl- their goal difference was plus 14, five better than Abolon. And um, they went to the, the Ghazibi to face an Omonia side who also were unbeaten in three, going through some sort of a, a renaissance now. Their season seems to be picked up, or is picking up, should I say. And um, in all fairness, watching this game as an Omoniadi I was shitting myself because I know how good Ajax are. And I said it at the beginning of the season when we did our, our season preview. I felt that Ajax would be title contenders. Um, I said they were my dark horses. And in this game, the first half, Ajax had a lot of half chances. Don't get me wrong. This clip that you've just seen with Jordi Gomez hitting the crossbar from the corner was probably the closest Omonia got to a goal in the first half. But Ajax played the ball very, very well. They had a very good system. They lined up with a, a 4-2-3-1. Um, in fact, it was more like a 
it was more like a 4-4-2 really with uh, Matt Derbyshire peeling off Triskovsky. Um, but they were very energetic. They moved the ball very well. Going forward, it was more like a 4-1-3-2 that caused Omone a lot of problems. Uh, Ledes in the middle of the park was absolutely fantastic. Uh, ran the show as far as I'm concerned. I think he was quite un unfortunate not to be given MVP. As I said, Ike had a lot of half chances in the first half. This was probably the closest that they came to a, to a goal of volley, which was blocked. And then the rebound shot just wide. It actually took a deflection of Huberchan, but uh, a corner wasn't given. And uh, I'm sure Triskovsky was, was very, very unhappy about that. But look, the guy's got eight goals this season. He's the league's leading goal scorer. And I think Matt Darvish got six. So they're a very, very lethal team, Ayek. Um, Omoni, unfortunately, we didn't have that many chances, in all fairness. As I mentioned, the um, Yordish corner, which hit the crossbar, and Fodish shot here, which um, went just wide. But Ayek were constantly knocking on the door. And this opportunity, while it was a half chance, I'm sure Shea would be pretty upset with himself for not clearing it properly, headed it straight back to him. Um, and another chance here from Matt Darbyshire, but you miss it. But the goal came from Mamas. Fantastic strike from the outside of the box. Okay, it bounced in front of Uzoha, the goalkeeper. Um, but it was a great strike from the youngster who joined from Spau in the summer, his first goal for the club. And with 12 minutes to go, you're thinking, as an Omonia fan, the way that Ayak have been playing this season, going a goal up, you think the game's over. But in all fairness, this team didn't give up. They didn't give up. And within a minute, Omonia were level. But they're just showing, I'm just showing this goal again because it was a wonderful strike from Mamas. Absolutely brilliant strike. But within a minute, Omone drew level. Uh, Jan Lesiak, who has been pretty quiet this season, delivered the ball to Loizo. His missed kick went straight to Fodi Babouli and the 36-year-old equaliser. Fodi loves scoring against Ayak. He scored the winner last season, which ultimately gave Omone the title at the, at the Ayak Arena. And his goal, within a minute, as I said, has given Omoni a point. Now, in terms of um, the season going forward, this was a must-win game for Omonia. Let's not make any bones about it. Um, granted, after this, there's still three more games until the, the Christmas break, but three games in seven days is going to be difficult. And uh, a draw here, not good enough for, for the club. As we see, Johnny's had a couple of chances uh, to win it. Gakuli should have got on the end of that cross. But, you know, if you'd have told Ayak before the game that they'd have taken a point, they'd have bit your hand off. Um, the point means more to Ayak than it does for Omonia. But then again, every point counts. So, you know, on the one hand, it's not really a good point for Omonia. But on the other, we won't know what it means until the end of May. Uh, Mamas had a chance right there with five minutes to go. Um, his shot went wide for a goal kick. And that was it. One all draw. Um, but look, Ike have been fantastic this season. Absolutely fantastic. And I know they lost against Aris three or four weeks ago. But this is a team that constantly keeps going. They've got a lot of energetic players, very intelligent footballers. And when you've got someone like Matt Derbyshire and Triskovsky up front, two proven goal scorers, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to, to rule them out. And with Abolon at this current time, with Dabo, the only recognised striker who's fit. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I wonder if uh, if um, Dinguini is going to come back, if he's going to be fit, firing on all cylinders. I don't know that situation. Um, 
but again, Psycha is coming back from injury for Abolon, and they've had they have had a few injuries. They've made some signings as well that obviously haven't worked out yet. Um, but the same could be said about Ayak. You know, they made several signings in the summer, and Gadala is first job as a, as a head coach and he's doing remarkably well for him so yeah let's see how it goes as for Omonia well as I said Omonia got three games in seven days uh, Doxa Ael and Abuel and as far as I'm aware Jordi Gomez might miss those games he had an MRI coming off injured uh, against Ayak and again that spells trouble for the uh, Abuel game because as we said on the last show because the game's rearranged and it's continuing from the 16th minute, both teams have to have the same lineup. If they don't have the same lineup where they have players missing, any player that comes in to replace the injured player is a substitution. If Jordi doesn't make it, whoever comes in is a substitution. So, yeah, I know there's five subs in Cyprus and, you know, sometimes Henning Berg doesn't make all five. But you never know what could happen. And um, the other thing going into the IL game, uh, Uzoho, the goalkeeper, who's been fantastic since coming in to cover from Fabiano, who's been injured, he won't be able to play. And the reason why he won't be able to play is because it's a rearranged game. This game against IL after Loxa was meant to be the first game of the season for Ammonia. Now, Uzoho wasn't an Ammonia player at the time. In fact, he joined at the end of the transfer window, which means he wasn't registered for that game. And under the Brodathlima rules, Uzoho cannot play in the game against Ael. So it's going to be um, Banayi in goal. And listen, Banayi had a fantastic game against Ethnigos. He made the super save from uh, Ilya, which kept the score at 1 0 at the time. And he's an experienced goalkeeper. Now, Doxa is going to be uh, Uzoho's game, the final game before he misses the Ael game. But Ael, another club who are struggling at this moment in time, um, struggling for goals, struggling for anything, as, as, we'll sh- as I'll show you later on. Can't rule them out, though. It's going to be a very, very difficult game for Ammonia. Now, on to the next game. <sighs> full of incident. Full of incident. Abuel won. Olympiagos won at the Ghazibi. And the uh, early opportunity for Abuel, a handball shout. In fact, Abuel had three handball shouts in this one. Um, the first one here, the shot from De Vicente, hit the defender's shoulder. It went to VAR. It was reviewed for a couple minutes. And uh, I think this angle shows it much better. De Vicente shoots, defender falls. He actually hits his shoulder. Referee originally gave a penalty. Then he went to VAR, took another check. And as you can see from the footage here, hits the defender's shoulder. No chance for a penalty. Now, with this one... Uh, Abuel without Kvilidaya, who had COVID, were really struggling to create many opportunities. Nadella had a shot which hit the post from outside the box. Um, uh, Olympia Gos also had a shot from outside the box. But this is what it seems to be the, the, the growing theme of this game. Chances from outside the box, half chances, and nothing really to get fans off their seat. Second half, though, stepped up a little bit more. Abuel had a chance, again, from Nadel, who has been their best player this season. He's been the only guy that seems to be creating. Here was a big chance for uh, Lucas Souza, a shot which was deflected into his path, a great save from the goalkeeper. Really should have put his chance away. And here comes another chance for Olympiagos this time. Scofet makes a fantastic save. But then a little bit of a handball shout. 
a shot from outside the box, which they claim came off the defender's uh, hand. The referee shot it down straight away, said, nope, not going to happen, not a penalty. And again, Abuel constantly shooting from outside the box because they couldn't create anything. Okriazvili was quiet. But here comes a sending off um, from Shabak. He went for an overhead kick, caught the defender in his head, and uh, second yellow. And to be fair, I don't think he could argue with that. Here comes the third penalty shout <laughs> from Maglitsa. His header, he claimed that it came with the defender's um, arm. Judging from this angle, though, you can't really tell. Uh, and I think probably that's what VAR went with. But here comes the the chance, which was saved from Skufet. Skufet kept Abuel in, in, in this game, to be fair. He made two great saves. But Olympiagos took the lead uh, from Manzi's close-range effort with three minutes to go. And you're thinking, wow, OK, game's over here. Um, poor defending, by the way. Ball watching, again, running theme. But with two minutes to go, Garo scoring the equaliser for Abuel, a player who has, he's been their, one of their best players this season. Nadella and Souza have been their best player, but from a defensive aspect, Garo's been fantastic. This third goal of the season, he's level with Kvilidaya um, on goals. And he's been a big signing for him. Now, Granted, Abuel defensively, they've been pretty pretty poor. Let's, let's make no bones about it. They've been, they've been pretty poor defensively. But Garo has kept them in games. As we saw with this one, he scored the equaliser, third goal of the season. Savic has done well, but Garo, he's been the glue that's held them together. And while signing Scofet has improved them in goal, because let's be 100% honest, Mikhail, is, as good as he is, he's not Scofet. And Scofet has come with a big reputation. When... Um, he was at Udinese as a youngster. They were calling him the next Buffon. And that's a, that's a big responsibility. Big responsibility. And things obviously haven't worked out for him. And coming to Abuel, maybe it's a chance to resurrect his career. I've heard Vicenza. Oh, sorry. No, Venezia. I'm interested in him as a spa. So maybe using Abuel could be a stepping stone for him to get a move to Serie B side and then resurrect his career. But Garo has been fantastic for Abuel this season. The thing is what I will say about so Froni's side is they look nothing like the team that he wants. Now, by that, I mean, if you look at Abolon, if you look at Ayek, his two last clubs, very high intensity, pressing from the front. Abo aren't doing that. Now, obviously, this isn't the house that Sofroni built. Most of these players, in fact, all of these players came under um, Bursa's tenure. So obviously, it isn't his team. But then when you look at the players that they've got, Zabala at uh, left back is fantastic. You know, Vinicius, the centre back, he's been okay. Um, I mentioned Garo, De Vicente, Souza has been fantastic, uh, as has Nadel. Ogriasvili has been a problem this season, as far as I'm concerned. He hasn't turned up for games, hasn't really done anything. In fact, the, the only thing I've I can remember him doing is giving the ball away on the opening day against Bafo. I think it was their fourth goal. Kvilita has been okay, scored three goals this season, but he looks very down, very isolated. And I'm sure there's more to come from him. But then when you look at the history, he's had injuries, Ogriasvili's had injuries. Dalsvili hasn't even kicked the ball for weeks. And he's sitting on the bench. So from a club who made some very, very big signings in the summer, and one journalist had the temerity, temerity to say... Excuse me, it's the, the new Galacticos. 
Well, they are acting a bit like the Galacticos in terms of the, the whole prima donna behavior. But listen, it, it's been a, a topsy turvy year for Upwell. Um, incidentally, they were fined for the races charting towards Jason Punchin. I'm hearing that it was around 100 grand. Um, and that's a big fee. That's a big amount of money. Now, that fee wasn't disclosed by GOP or by Upwell, but I've heard it on good authority that it's around the 100 grand mark, if not more. So it's a step forward in terms of um, setting a precedent and also making an example of Upwell. But again, this, this won't go away and it shouldn't go away. This shouldn't be the end of the matter. The club needs to act on um, sorting out the, the the issue with racism, and I hope the people that made the monkey chance get caught and they get a lifetime ban, or hopefully even arrested. So yeah, interesting times. That's what Olympia goes. What's quite interesting is Donaida, the uh, president of the club, spoke. I had a little forum on Facebook, and. Um, he, he gave it to Abuel. He, he called them crybabies because they were complaining about the three penalty appeals. And Don Aides isn't a guy that you really want to cross. He's very outspoken, isn't afraid to speak his mind. And on the field, Olympia goes, some may say have been punching above their weight. And look, when you look at the teams below them, you know, Ael should be up there, but they're not. Abuel, sure as hell, should be up there, but they're not. Um, I know he should be up there, but and they're not. So Olympia goes of a club who sold a few players in the summer. So Hario left, he went to Ammonia, Sati left, a few others, and they've rebuilt. You know, Mikhail was on was on loan from Abuel. They brought in Mal. You know, this is a team that Petraki's junior has assembled, and they're punching above their weight, but they deserve it. And this is the second season where they could end up in the top six. And this is progress for a club who, you know, many find they're unfancied. They're not one of the big boys. They're probably the smallest club in, in Nicosia. Definitely smaller than Omonia and, uh, and Aboel. So for them to be in the position that they are, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, you know, it's, it's a good place to be from. It's a very, very good place to be from. Now, I'm going to do, finish this off with a quick roundup of the last two games. In fact, well, Bayek played Ethnic Goz and lost 2-0, which is a big result for, for Ethnic Goz down at the bottom. But it doesn't really change things because they're still rock bottom and Bayek are still ahead of them. But the next game is FC Bafor beating Ael by a goal to nil. The winning goal coming early on in the game, fifth minute, finish international Valakari. Great strike. Great strike from outside the box. But Vozinha, my best friend, the goalkeeper, I don't know what he's doing, standing in between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. This is a goalkeeper that's a captain of the club. Um, I don't know what to say about this one that many people haven't already said. Ael were terrible, absolutely terrible. And look, this is a club who last season were challenging for the title. Challenging for the title. And now they're in the bottom six and could be in a relegation battle. There are serious problems. And I know Bandelidis has come in and he's got his own ideas. Um, from what I heard, Dusan Kerkes has as great of a job he did for Ayala over the past few years. 
He lost a lot of confidence in the players and vice versa. A little birdie told me he was calling a lot of these players shit as well. <laughs> you know, then that's no way to, to keep the morale up. Um, as I said, Ael were absolutely devoid of, of confidence, devoid of ideas in this game. And Buffer could have had more. Chavez had that chance, uh, as we saw near the end of the clip. But that's the closest they got to scoring. And Ael have got problems, big problems. Now, obviously, as I said, Bandelides has come in. He's got his own ideas. Bebe has come in as sporting director, you know, former striker, legend at the club who was there when they won the league in 2012 or 2011, if I'm not mistaken. But there's a big job at hand. It's a big, big job at hand. And um, it's going to be very difficult for them to turn it around. You know, they started the season off really, really well. They beat Buffalo 4-0 on the opening day of the season. And in fact, Shepovic who signed in the summer, you know, he, he started like a house on fire. Then they drew with Olympia Goz. They lost to Abolon, which, okay, fair enough, I understand. They had a good result against Bayek. They beat Anotasi at home. And then they drew with Ethnic Goz, and that's when it all started. Their last victory was against Anotasi on the 17th of October. You know, <laughs> you're talking about a team without a win in seven. Without a win in seven. All right, granted, the teams that they lost against, they lost against Addis in the derby, which you can understand because Addis riding a crest of a wave, but then to get hammered at Abuel 3-0. Now, it's no embarrassment to lose against Abuel 3-0 at the Ghazi B, but it's the manner in which they lost the game. Absolutely toothless. And Abuel could have had six or seven in that. They drew against Loxa. Loxa second from bottom. Come on, man. That's when you know there's problems. They lost to Ayek 2-0. No shame because I can top. They lost to a Monio 1 0 at home, a game which they had one shot on target, two shots, if I'm not mistaken. And then against Buffer, a performance like that. As I said, Bande Lidis has got a big, big job to do. And, you know, the transfer window is looming. Whether or not they bring in some players, they're definitely going to have to bring in some players. But then when you look at their squad overall, I mean, they've got players like Anthony Georgiou that, that broke into the, the Ipswich team after leaving Spurs. Um, you know, Minas, Minas Andoniu, good player. Baba Fodi, good player. Sito Riera, very good player. A lot of these players were, were the team last season that were that were challenging for the title. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to turn around and say they lost Ryan Meyer that scored them so many goals last season. That's the reason. No, that's not the reason. There's clearly a slump. There's clearly a, clearly a can't even get my words. Clearly a, a confidence issue. And with Vozinha going to the um, African Cup of Nations with Cape Verde, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Now, from what I'm hearing, they're looking for another goalkeeper and the goalkeeper that could be joining them on loan in January, I know myself and I've spoken to him at great length and I hope he does get his move there because he's a very good goalkeeper. I'm not going to mention his name, um, but yeah, if they're looking for a goalkeeper, then he's the guy. And look, I don't like doing this every week because it's not fair on the guy. But Vozinha is not a goalkeeper. He's not a goalkeeper. He shouldn't be. He, he shouldn't be in that team. I'm sorry, you know. And for him to be the captain, that just shows you how much they're struggling. Look, I've, I've argued with Roy on numerous occasions. You know, my co-host. He, he loves Vozinha. Well, he doesn't love Vozinha, but he rates him as a, as a very good goalkeeper. I think he's terrible. I really think he's terrible. And again, I don't mean to disrespect footballers because they have a difficult job. They get a lot of pressure, a lot of stick. And Ael being the position that they are, seeing Abolon, their rivals above them, miles ahead of them, it's not easy. And players get a lot of stick. But this goalkeeper, 
he's bad. He's really bad. I'm not talking like Michael Jackson bad. I'm talking like terrible bad. I mean, I could do a compilation. In fact, I've done a compilation of his mistakes. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I have got problems. They've got big problems. And look, when you've got defenders like, you know, Rizewski making mistakes, when you've got Bruno Santos, who just doesn't look interested, they need to have a clear out. But who's going to come in? Who's going to come in? I don't know. Look, it, it was it was a, a big summer for him in terms of bringing in players. Um, Chavez hasn't really done anything. He struggled. He really has struggled. But uh, so have all of the other strikers. You know, Maya leaving was as I said was a, was a big problem. Um, Avidaj leaving was a problem. Babic, you know, I know he didn't really do too much last season. I think he was on loan. If I'm not mistaken. No, he, but he was with him, with him last season. Um, Kiragor left. Danilo left. Danilo was a big loss for him. I know they got, what, 100 grand for him, there or thereabouts. But again, you know, when you're looking at um, Madevac as your leading goal scorer with three goals, Mazurek, your attacking midfielder with three goals, Yulair, the left-back, with two goals. Yulair's got just as many goals as Shepovic. Come on, there's big problems at Ireland. They need to address them. And I'm pretty sure they will get it, be addressed, but whatever, it is what it is. Anyway, on to the final game. And I'm going to talk about little unorthodoxy. I'll say little unorthodoxy. They're one of the biggest clubs in Cyprus, man. They're, they're, they're another club who have been so inconsistent this season. Going into the game against Doxa, no wins in four. Um, and a penalty shout, which they got in the 22nd minute for a handball by La France. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> crying out loud, um, Gacharava. Gacharava. Gacharava, who we spoke about a few weeks ago, he's gets by our, Kespaya is the head coach of Anorthosi, as you guys probably were. Gacharav is godson. And uh, a few weeks ago, he said, you're never playing for this team again. But here we go. Gacharava called up into the first team because Lafferty isn't playing. He's been sacked off. And he wins a penalty. And uh, Popovic's penalty was saved. Very well saved. Well, it's, it's a good height for the goalkeeper, man. I mean, look, if the goalkeeper's not saving this, you know, I don't know. It's a terrible penalty. Terrible penalty. But, you know, Delatic, who's come of age giving Anorthosi the lead with a fucking cracker. Now, this is a guy who last week missed two great opportunities against Abolon to give him all three points. And difficult technique, but listen, he's come from Greece and a high expectation. And it looks like he's he's turned the corner. And this, a penalty, a second penalty given for a foul... I'll look at this. I've, I've seen it time and time again. For me, it's outside the box or at least on the edge of the box. But VAR said because his toe was inside the box, it's a penalty. And there it is. <laughs> the referee gave it. What can I tell you? Amir Vada scoring from the spot. His fifth goal of the season. Another fantastic signing. Absolutely fantastic signing. Look, when he joined um, Anorthosi, he came with a big reputation um, from Bark, and a lot of people saying, look, this is another opportunity for him to restart his career. Um, and look, he's carried Anorthosi this season. He's been absolutely fantastic for him. And he's a fantastic talent as well. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I never doubted his ability. His shenanigans off the field, yes, I, I doubted. I doubted. But um, look, he's, he's a very, very skillful player. He's going to be at Africa a couple of nations with Mo Salah. Um, so again, I'm obviously going to lose him. But with Delatic coming into the team and 
scoring and getting his confidence back. You know, Vada going could it might not be a bad thing for Anorthosi. Might not be a bad thing for them. That being said, as I said last week, he's been carrying them all season. Um, they haven't got a, a recognised striker in Daxi. Right, okay, um, Gacharava is a striker, but he's not going to get you 10 goals. He might not even get you five goals this season. They don't have a striker. Lafferty's not there. Rusha, I don't know what's happened to Rusha. He joined in the summer. He's hardly kicked the ball. So what's going to happen? Let's see. I don't know if Lafferty's going to go. If Lafferty does go, if he's released, that frees up a spot for a, a non-separate player. Then maybe we can talk about Anrothasi, you know, um, uh, signing a, another striker. But that's it for the roundup. That's it for the roundup. But just a few quick tidbits, as they say. Um, new measures have come into force in Cyprus by the Council of Ministers um, ruling on Monday. And they're trying to spread. I'm sorry, let me start that again because it's. 12 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10 past midnight. I, I can't even get my words out. It's 10 past midnight and I'm fucking all over the gaff. But yeah, they're trying to prevent the spread of, the, of COVID. And before you needed a fan card, which basically had your name and your address, and that enabled you to get a ticket for the game. It, the fan card showed that you were double vaccinated. Uh, you had your PCR test, blah, blah, blah. You were able to get into the stadium. Now they've completely changed it. So if you're 12 years old or above you can provide the proof that you have the vaccine or you have a, a certificate of recovery, which means that you haven't had the virus for the last six months. You can come in. Now, if you're between the age of six and 11, you have to provide a negative PCR test or a, neg a negative rapid test within seven days. And that, um, I think if, if it's children under six, they don't have to provide anything. Um, if you don't have the vaccine, but you have a medical problem, which means you can't have the vaccine, as long as you provide a, a PCR test, uh, that's uh, less than seven days old, you can come in. Um, and people 18 years of, or older who've been vaccinated with at least one dose of the vaccine have to provide a 72-hour PCR test with that, that's negative. So they're bringing in uh, these, these rules which is making it very difficult for people to come in. I mean, there's even one that says people who have received the second jab or have been vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine and have passed seven months of day of vaccination, they need to provide a 72-hour uh, PCR test or a rapid test that's 48 hours negative. So they're making it so difficult for people to go into to stadiums. And I understand it. You know, you've got a, a pandemic. You're worried. You don't want it to spread. And obviously, Cyprus is a small island. There's only a million people. So if there's a thousand new cases, it's a big deal. It's not like in the UK, a thousand cases are a big deal. You know, if it's 30,000, 100,000, it's a big deal. But in Cyprus, a thousand cases is a massive deal. Um, but the thing is, you've got people that don't want to be vaccinated. People need to pay for the PCR test. When I went to Cyprus, I, I, I'm seeing signs saying 10 euros for a PCR test. In England, we got it free off the NHS. But in Cyprus, you're paying 10 euros. So that goes back to the old adage. You know, you've got a lot of people that don't want to be vaccinated, but every time they have to go somewhere in Cyprus, they have to show a, a PCR, a negative PCR test that's 72 hours, sorry, less, uh, less than 72 hours old. Now, every 72 hours, you've got to do PCR tests to go to the shops, this and that. So you're paying 10 quid every three days, effectively. 
you do the maths. Um, attendances are dwindling. I think the Omonia game had 7,000. I think Omonia Ayak had 7,000. Apoel against Olympiagos, maybe a little bit less. Um, so, yeah, you're not getting full stadiums. We didn't have full stadiums last season because, obviously, fans weren't allowed in the stadium. The year before, COVID cut it short. And even then, you didn't have, you know, tens of thousands of people. You'd be lucky to get 14,000 out of stadium these days. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame because the atmosphere at Cypriot Games is, is absolutely amazing. But, yeah, so they've got these, these COVID rules. It's just it's just absolutely bonkers. I don't know what else to say. Um, one more thing I will say, though, um, before we wrap it up, the Coca-Cola Cup draw was made for the next round, and it's thrown up some tasty games, man. Some tasty games. Abolon face Ayel in the derby. It's going to be over two legs. Abol face Olympiagos again, so I'm kind of assuming that Don Aedes is going to come up with another bit of uh, magic with his statements. Buffer face an orthodoxy that's going to be another good game another good game and uh <laughs> box as they call them face omonia now this is an interesting one as an omonia fan because the box right back jason who joined them in the summer from a team in brazil had a year at omonia back in 2018 if i'm not mistaken so that'll be a, an interesting one so yeah have the Cypriot government put any funding in place to support them that's from chris my cousin um, no, not that I know of, right? As far as I'm aware, it, the, the money's coming out of the fans' pockets. That's what it is. And, and let's be 100% honest, man. When did the Cypriot FA ever do anything good for anyone? Nothing. You mean the Cypriot? Oh, for the Cypriot clubs? No, man. No, 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 no. The, the clubs are having to stand on their own two feet. And this is the problem. Because last season hurt a lot of clubs uh, because of COVID. Fans weren't allowed in the stadium. It affected clubs in, in, in big ways. Now, teams like Abuel, all right, Abuel are like 12 million euros in debt, but they're still able to get sponsorships. They got a sponsorship with uh, CableNet. They got a sponsorship with Stichima, the betting company. They got another one signed up today. So while they've got debts, they're still able to bring in money different ways. Um, clubs like Aris are lucky because they're bankrolled by a, a rich Russian. Um, Abolon, I've got Girzias, their president, and he's very well off. Omonia with Baba Stavru. Okay, the club has still got debts, but it's not uncontrollable. And bearing in mind that last season, the club made 9 million euros from Champions League group, um, qualification stage and getting into the Europa League and... This season with a conference league, they might make another five, six million euros. Although obviously there's a Champions League qualification phase and then the Europa League qualification phase. So money is coming in that way. Um, Ayel were in the Europa League qualifier. They lost to Carabag. So some clubs have got money coming in. Others don't. But in terms of GOP supporting the clubs, um, pfft. I, I don't think so, and I doubt it. I mean, let's be 100% honest. A lot of clubs don't even declare their attendances. From what I've heard, they do it because of tax purposes. So would they declare any money coming in from GOP? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. But anyway, it is what it is. This is Cyprus, my friend, as I say. Right, before I wrap it up, the standings. Ayek, top of the league on goal difference, as I mentioned before. 
top of the league. Abolon second, Aris third, Buffer fourth. And Buffer are another team to watch this season. I know they've only got one player going on African Cup of Nations duty, which is, I think it's Willy Sanyol, their striker. So they'll have a fully fit squad going into the second half of the season. And it's a very, very important stage of the season, January, um, because that's when we're getting closer to the playoffs. That's when the top six will be determined. Omoni have got three players definitely going, Shehu, Ozoho and Bashiru. I think seven teams in total will have players going to the African Cup of Nations. Uh, as I mentioned before, with Anotasi uh, Wivada, that's going to be a big loss for them. So again, uh, a very, very difficult time for the clubs. Omoni are up to fifth, but with two games in hand. The two games against Ael, which is a rearranged fixture from the first game, and Upwell, which was postponed after 16 minutes, thanks to Fogg. Yeah, so six points for Omonia, hopefully, as on Omonia Adi, I'm hoping, will move us up to fourth. But anyway, it is what it is. Olympia goes sixth with 16 points. Then I'm also seeing Abuel also on 16 points. That The, the final spot for sixth place is, is getting, getting tasty. Ael, ninth, 12 points. Pff, crikey, Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on with them. Well, I do. They're terrible. Doxai in 10th, who've changed their manager. They face Omoni at the weekend. Bike, 11th on 11 points. And Ethnigos, 12th on 8 points. They're making a fight, though. They're not going down without a fight, to be fair. So that's it for another edition of This Is Mappa. Thank you for tuning in. Those watching live, thank you for contributing with your comments. And um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, the, the other two will be available. It can work around my busy, busy schedule. So that's it, boys and girls. Take it easy. Goodbye.